two, one. Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino. I'm joined here by my co-host and star of this show, Jim Rooney. This is Toe the Rubber, episode 365 on our network. Uh, before we get going with Jim and we introduce our great guest, this is the middle game of a triple header Thursday here. We had Phil Garner earlier today. Uh, great guest here with our second guest of the day, and we'll cap it off at uh, 1230 today with, with our final show on Thursday. But I uh, want to thank a few groups before we get started. First, our subscribers, 60,000 right now. We appreciate your support. Uh, this is a repeat guest for us here. And I, we were joking before the show when he came on first time. We were at 200 subscribers. So uh, we've grown quite a bit in the last year. But I want to thank 60,000 subscribers. Uh, we appreciate your support. Make sure you give this show five stars. Write some great comments underneath it. That helps us battle the analytics of the podcast world, just like we do in Major League Baseball. And uh, thanks again to iHeartRadio for taking a shot on us. Uh, but we, we owe that to our subscribers for pushing the envelope there. Second, thank you to Blackout Coffee, our first sponsor we took in. We appreciate your support as well. 20% off at checkout, 15% in perpetuity for all your purchases of their coffee. Their slogan is Be Awake, Not Woke. Use the code DAVID, capital D-A-V-I-D, with the number 20, and you'll get those, those perks. We love our partners there that love baseball, love coffee, and certainly give us discounts. And to our uh, probably our most loyal listener, Jim, Ted Kubiak, former shortstop with the Oakland A's, three-time world champion. If you're looking for a stocking stuffer this year, Ted's book, Old School, is tremendous uh, for any baseball fan in your family. And then second, he's got a nice fielding manual that both of my boys have um, that uh, just goes in-depth on how to field the ground ball. And uh, be alert for his new children's book coming out, hopefully by Christmas, if not by January. So try to support Ted there. We'll put his information in our show notes and um, let him know we sent you that way there. But with that, Jim, welcome back to your show. Well, thank you, Dave. It's good to be here. Yeah, um, we got a great guest today. I'll let you do the intro for for our guest, repeat guest here. And my, I know I, my personal time with him has been tremendous. But my son Tanner has spent some time down there with some of the things he does in Charlotte, and we've walked away with a ton of knowledge. So great ambassador for baseball we have on our show today. Yes, Dave. Um, I first met our guest Jeff Schaefer. Uh, I believe it was in the summer of 1980. We were both playing in the Atlantic Collegiate Baseball League. Uh, I can remember an evening in Baldwin Park, Long Island. I believe Jeff's team was number one in the league, and my team, the Teaneck Teamsters, was in the last place. I was a freshman in college, um, and the reason I bring this story up is because many times on our podcast, we talk about uh, how how your perception becomes your reality and how you have to take the leap of faith in yourself and rid yourself of the negative thoughts and get into the flow and, and let your body do what it's trained. And uh, this is a funny story about how one of the first times I started to understand this. Um, so the call goes down to the bullpen and I'm warming up and uh, 
it's a nice night in Baldwin Park, and I cannot throw a strike. I'm throwing the ball, and I'm I'm actually aiming for the front of the plate, and everything's up in the strike zone, and I'm I'm besides myself. How am I going to go into relief against the number one team in the league? And um, sure enough, I get called into the game. I believe it was first and second or bases loaded, and and who's the first batter I have to face but Jeff Schaefer? Now, one thing about Schaefer, but from just watching him from afar when we were competitors, is you're not going to strike this guy out. It's impossible to strike this guy out. Now I'm taking the mound, and uh, I'm thinking, how the heck am I going to get out of this gym? I can't even throw a strike. So I'm aiming for maybe a foot in front of the plate, and the ball's going in around knee high and, and just going out of the zone. And by luck, uh, <clears throat> on that evening, I happened to uh, strike him out. Now, the kind of moral of that story is, Soon after that, we were both drafted by the Baltimore Orioles, and we're on this uh, this little uh, prop plane flying in the Bluefield, West Virginia, for a mini camp. And we strike up a conversation. And what was going through my mind, as we've stated, is how am I going to get this guy out? I can't throw a strike. And Jeff relates to me that uh, he's standing in the box saying, "How the hell am I going to hit this guy?" <laughs> So it's two contrasting, you know, thoughts going on. And that's when you start to realize what we've spoke of many times that um, sometimes you just have to believe in yourself and you got to take the leap of faith and you got to go with the flow. So after that short story, I'd like the audience to meet uh, Jeff Schaefer, a former teammate of mine with the Baltimore Orioles, former Major League Baseball infielder original founder of the CBC training facility in Charlotte, North Carolina, current owner, and I guess you would say CEO of You Deserve a Chance Foundation, the Knothole Foundation at Tuskegee Dreamfields, and um, major contributor into Team USA East Coast. Jeff, welcome to the program. Appreciate you guys having me. So I want to, uh, I, I appreciate the thanks, Dave, because you were at 200 before I came on, and now you're at 60,000. So I'll be looking for my uh, my check pretty soon. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I think it had a lot to do with yours. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you laugh, but I, you, you had a great interview. The number of things that you're involved with with baseball and your messaging is very rare nowadays. So I, 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 I uh, we laugh about it, but I, 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 I give you a lot of credit for helping us get going. No, that's a joke with you guys. I appreciate that. But and then with Jim, you know, we. Uh, we, um, we flew into Bluefield, West Virginia on the same plane, which had about four seats. And uh, Jim remembers this, but the woman in front of us, it was a knuckleball flight all the way in. It was horrible. I thought, you know, okay, we got drafted, but we're never going to play a day because this thing's going down. And uh, the woman in front of us was, uh, was throwing up in a bag um, as we were flying into Bluefield, West Virginia. Um, but that was uh, – yeah, I, I, I do remember the uh, the encounter with Jim at, at Eisenhower Park, and um, and uh, you know my recollection is I uh, you know the wind was blowing forty miles an hour and in, and I turned it around with a home run. But Jim's story is different. But it's uh, he's been a good friend and 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 uh, a great asset to the game of baseball, and comes with a ton of knowledge. And, um, you know, been fortunate that. Our organization has been around him a little bit, and he's in the Charlotte area now and doing great things for a lot of people. Well, thank you, Shafe. Jeff, um, 
many times on our program, we, we talk about uh, baseball being a game of repetition. Um, so before we get into uh, some of the things that you're involved in currently, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to know from your viewpoint, um, one of the things that I always saw uh, playing with you for those years in the minor leagues with the Orioles was one, you were, you were probably the best defensive uh, middle infielder that I ever played with. Uh, you had great hands. You, you were an intense competitor, but you had the, you had this innate ability to repeat your movements. You moved efficiently and you executed, and it was continuous. I mean, every ground ball you you fielded looked like the same exact one that you felt you fielded last time. Um, was there anything in your um, maturation process as a ball player, training mechanisms, training? different things that you did that uh, you think helped you accomplish this? So that's a great question. You know, I mean, we didn't grow up in an era of lessons and, you know, and uh, YouTube videos and all that other stuff to teach you how to field. So I, I mimicked people. I was very good at that. Um, you know, growing up where I grew up on Long Island, um, you know, we played games every day after school in the streets. And part of my preparation for those games was watching WOR, WPIX, the Yankees of the Mets, and, uh, and, and mim mimicking hitters, mimicking defensive players, um, you know, and just trying to take it out there. I'm a visual processor. I'm not one that you can, you know, sit in a classroom and tell me, hey, this is how it goes. I have to see it, and I can, I can imitate it pretty good. So I had some pretty good, um, you know, pretty good talent to watch on TV back then, you know, guys such as, you know, Buddy Harrelson, one of the smallest players ever in the game of baseball, um, just fundamentally sound defensively. Willie Randolph was a great, um, a great second baseman. I was a second baseman at the time. So I, I watched everything he did and I was able to, um, you know, transition it into my own game. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, we weren't overloaded like we're overloaded now on, on everybody's a guru. Everybody is. You know, everybody can go ahead and be a, a YouTube phenom. Um, you know, my, my, my partner in this is, is Andrew Zyke. And, you know, we, we look at uh, highlight films of every single player on YouTube. And uh, it's, it's, it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. And, it's, and it, I think it's overloading to the, uh, to the athlete. So to your point, Jim, you know, and I know, I know, you know, I've been around you and I know your philosophy and teaching and it's, you know, you said it clearly is like, you know, clear your mind and let your body do what it's supposed to be doing. So find out that piece for me, um, you know, what created uh, consistency because I was a good athlete. I mean, obviously good enough to play in the big leagues, but what I, was I the greatest athlete to get to the big leagues? Not a chance. So I had to be fundamentally sound in the beginning and then let my athleticism take over. And I think that's where a lot of, a lot of athletes today think that they can take something they're not and force it into something that they're never going to be. So, you know, I, you know, I understood that real early on, like I'm going to be able to be on this field and, and play in every single game if I am consistent with the routine play. And um, so I just, I just honed my skills that way. Just make sure that every ball that I'm supposed to catch and throw across the diamond, I catch and throw across the diamond. Um, and then my athleticism will, will, will expand that for me. Instead of trying to be something bigger and better than I was, I had to grow into that. And, Jim, you know as well as anybody, I was the second baseman going into the Orioles organization and was the second baseman the entire time. 
And I did play shortstop in the ACBL, you know, in, in the uh, in the summers, but um, drafted as a second baseman and didn't become a shortstop until I got to the Angels organization and just happened to walk over to that side of the field because somebody was hitting fungos that day. And Joe Madden laid eyes on me and said, okay, you know, yeah, I know you're a triple-A second baseman, but we're going to take you to double-A and you're going to play shortstop. Not happy about it, but uh, in hindsight, you know, was the best thing that could happen to me because I did go over there and, and anchored down that side of the field by being a fundamentally sound middle infielder. And that eventually got me to the big leagues because as a utility man, they're not looking for flash in the pans. They're looking for somebody that's going to go in from the seventh inning on and, and lock down a position um, and not hurt them and help them by, you know, just accumulating outs. I mean, you go in from the seventh inning on, you're talking about playing for nine outs or the eighth inning on six outs or the ninth inning three outs. So, you know, my window and my games were short and I had to make sure that, you know, I was not going to be taken off the field or I was looked at to go in and play in the nut cutter games not to be, you know, pulled off the field in the nut cutter games. And that became, that came through fundamentals. Yep. Dave, to give you an example um, for some of our younger audience, my time as a scouting supervisor, I can remember two instances where I go into a high school ballpark to see a game and two players come to mind because especially the first one, uh, J.J. Hardy of the Brewers, and the second one, Trevor Story. And uh, the Trevor Story uh, example is um, pretty good because I had to go to Irving High School. So Irving High School was the high school of another former teammate of ours with the Orioles, Tony Arnold, who's currently a pitching coach in the Indians, I'm sorry, Guardians organization. And I watched Trevor Story fielding and hitting every single swing and every single approach to the ball and every single throw was absolutely identical. And on that night, even though I was thinking about Irving High School and Tony Arnold, when I saw Trevor's story, I immediately thought of Jeff Schaefer because that's the way people learned how to repeat and be consistent and get the job done. So it's quite a gift, quite a gift. So Schaefer, um, I know a lot of the things that uh, – you've been involved with and, and a lot of the great work you do in helping young ball players. And as they say, nowadays, sometimes they use the term underserved individuals uh, and families. But um, recently you uh, became involved in the recruiting process. Can you go into some details as far as uh, exactly how you came to get involved in that and, um, and what it's all about? So, you know, I've, I've been doing this for, we're going on, we're going into our 18th year um, with CBC and dealing with youth travel showcase baseball. And I've done this. I've, I've, I've just, I've helped, you know, I say I helped and I'm proud of the fact that I could use the word help. So many kids move on to the next level because Jim, you and I both know, you know, how, uh, how exhilarating that is, how exciting it is, how scary it is. But it's, you know, something that you've worked for. It's the longest period of time that you've worked for anything uh, that's substantial in my, in my mind because anybody can make a high school team. Anybody can be on a showcase team if their check clears. Um, you could just be a part of it. But to move on to the next level, uh, the numbers drop dramatically. You know, I think it's 5% of all high school athletes, uh, baseball players, get a chance to play uh, in college and only 2% 
get to play at the Division One level. So it's um, it's not easy, uh, you know, to move to that. It just doesn't happen. Um, you need you need somebody that can advocate for you and do that. And I heard I heard a great quote the other day that I'd never heard before, and it came from a good friend of mine that that is the CEO for a major technology company, multimillionaire. And he said to me, "How did the turtle get on top of the fence?" Baffling, right? Hey, okay, here comes a you know here comes this uh, you know this riddle. How do I figure this out? He said somebody put him there, and that's the same concept with you know, promoting kids to the next level. You have to have somebody help you. You have to have somebody that has an extensive network, somebody that has credibility amongst the people that you're talking to in terms of, you know, experiences and and, and an eye. I mean, Jim, what you did, you know, scouting-wise, people don't realize this, but, you know, scouts have artist eyes. They see things that other people don't see. Um, and, you know, it, and, it, and it's a fine, fine window. I mean, you can walk into the Natural Museum of Art you know, and these are the greatest artists in the world, but you can go down the road to some side guy doing whatever and say, oh, that's nice art. I could do that. The fact of the matter is he isn't as good as those people there. And there's something that differentiates it. So you need somebody that can advocate for that person. And our company is Advocacy Baseball Consultants, Advocacy Baseball Consultants, AdvocacyBaseball.com. Uh, and um, so we're taking on we're taking on athletes now. And, yeah, there is a fee to it. It is a business. Um you know, which I've never used it as a business in the past. And we're, uh, we're taking vetted athletes that need, uh, need the assistance to um, capture the ear of college coaches, uh, recruiters, and even pro, even pro guys. So it's, um, you know, we're taking these kids um, and we're, we're creating a platform in terms of video, in terms of networking, um, you know, uh, ad- advocating for them and, and kind of guiding them to, what camps to go to, um, you know, what schools actually fit them because everybody wants to be a division one player, but it's not, um, they're not. So, you know, playing college baseball is a gift, man. And when somebody says to me, well, if I don't play D one baseball, I'm not playing at all. Well then, you know what? You shouldn't have been in the game to begin with because you don't get it. Um, and a lot of people that we deal with now are delusioned by this. You know, it's, you got a chance to play this game. You play it as long as you possibly can, because Rune, you know, you got hurt, man, and you had a, you were on a great path to a good career in the big leagues, and you know, and and it's over. And uh, you know, I mean, I have dreams, and I'm sure you do, Jim. I have dreams of getting called back, you know, um, you know, to doing something that uh, you know that you love to do. And when you just hang it up because you think that you're above something, you've made a mistake. Um, and I'll give an example to that. You know, I mean, I spent eight and a half years in the minor leagues before I got to the big leagues. Eight and a half years, up and down on that train. You know, I've been sent up, sent down, sold, traded, uh, free agent, all that other stuff. But I always had the mindset that wherever I played in this game, that was my big leagues. And what I needed to do was be the best in that environment that I could possibly be. And if there was an out from there, there was an out. If it was over then, it was over. And I was satisfied with that. Um, you know, fortunately, you know, uh, you know, it worked out for me and I was in the right place at the right time and, and got to the big leagues. But, you know, there are players like yourself, Jim, that just, you know, that were far better, you know, and now you were a pitcher, obviously. And, but, you know, I mean, guys that I've left in the big leagues that guys that didn't get to the big leagues and I did that were better than me that I left in the minor leagues. And, uh, you know, it's just, you have to, um, you gotta have, you know, 
you talk about this all the time and you and I have had, you know, we've, we've sat down over beers. You have to have a mindset that you believe that you're that guy that can get there, but it doesn't just happen. So to go back to the advocacy thing, it doesn't just happen. You could be that player, but you may not be, you know, think about the percentages and all the people pushing it. So that's advocacybaseball.com in a long winded Jeff Schaefer, always too talking too much story. Well, I think one of the points is that um, what we've discussed many times um, when it comes to uh, training and playing the game of baseball is we currently live in a world where um, there's a lot of politics involved in amateur baseball, college baseball, and even professional baseball, whether you want to call it the uh, analytics on the professional side that that start to tell uh, people who can play and who can't play. And um, because of that, you know, if you go back to our day, uh, a lot of times because there was more scouts on the field, there was the, the, the Major League Scouting Bureau, uh, a lot of the colleges uh, spoke to uh, people like a Mr. Ralph DeLula, head of the Major League Scouting Bureau. Um, if you had the Italian, a talent and, and you were performing, um, a lot of times you did uh, were able to find an opportunity. But nowadays in this political atmosphere that we go. I mean, we have we have travel ball teams that their head coaches or the coaches in the public schools all the way up to the high school level and different things. And one of the things that we hear from our audience a lot is that um, people aren't finding those opportunities based upon their talent alone because of the politics that's going on. So something like advocacy is, uh, is needed when it's done the proper way in order for those people to to um, acquire an opportunity, right? And we're not we're not we're not grabbing everybody that has a a checkbook coming in. We're vetting players that we know that can play at the next level because, you know, we have a reputation, you know, with college recruiters. I mean, if if and and people out there. So you know, for instance, if Jim Rooney calls me and says, "Shafe, I got a kid that can play for you," I don't have to see that kid. I know, you know, and I mean, and I think we've built that kind of reputation with with college recruiters. Now again, they're they're on a there's a different level in the terms of, you know, these are their guy, their, their job. You know, when Jim calls me for a, uh, a showcase travel team, it's a different story than if you're a college recruiter and somebody calls and says, hey, you know, you don't need to go see this kid. He can flat out play. Well, I get it. It's your job. You know, you need to get eyes on him and make your final decision. But my point being, you know, you know, we're calling. We're, the, we're a scouting arm for them as well as an advocate for the player. We're a scouting and recruiting arm for college coaches. And, um, you know, listen, and I tell them, every, every, every kid that we bring there, the coach may not like. You know, it may not be a fit. That spot may be filled in their roster and not looking for, you know, uh, uh, an outfielder at that time or they're not looking for another middle infielder at that time. They're satisfied with what they have. But they know that we will consistently bring people to them that, um, you know, worth seeing. You know, the, the showcase environment – Okay, well, Jeff, um, one of the other things, because of uh, your long history in uh, helping young ball players out, is um, we uh, we often talk about, uh, especially in the in the Charlotte area where we lived, the uh, the reliance on travel baseball and how travel baseball has taken over uh, in many areas, um, as far as the giving the players the opportunity to play ball. We don't see it too, as much in the in the town rec leagues or little leagues. 
and uh, everybody, there's a lot of situations for people playing travel baseball instead of playing for their local school team. Um, and because we live it day to day, we understand, you know, part of the problems and some of the things. But uh, from your experience, I, I know that you run um, a couple of teams. Uh, one of them is a homeschool team. Um, what are the things that you've, you've seen and what you've experienced? Okay, so none of us got where we ended up without somebody being there for us, right? And then I don't care what kind of resources you have. People are people are the greatest resource. But, you know, this game has turned in such such an animal financially that it just it eats people alive and it doesn't give all the correct opportunity that is needed for uh, players to, you know, chase their dream, hopefully get to where they want to go, you know, whether it's college, whether it's pro ball, but, you know, continuously move forward. Um, so, and that's, you know, included. I mean, you know... Look, Jim, we, you know, we grew up in different kind of families, right? I mean, than, than we see around here. We grew up in hardcore, you know, uh, you're, you're an Irish family. I'm a German-Irish family. You know, our, our, you know, our backgrounds are similar in terms of, you know, how we, uh, how we, we took on every day. Um, but, you know, if, if I was in this environment today, there's no way in the world my mother could have afforded for me to play this game. And um, so that was a big piece for us when we started CBC started to recognize families that wanted to play for us but couldn't play for us because they couldn't afford to. And uh, it was disheartening because I never even felt that. I never even knew it. And um, so that was a big piece of starting You Deserve a Chance Foundation, you know, to, to assist players. To go back to your other part about, you know, the travel showcase world, you know, I live in it. I'm not a fan of it at all. I, I, I really – I despise it. Um, you know, but I, this is the opportunity that I have to to be on the field with kids and make them better and hopefully move them forward in terms of, uh, you know, levels of competition and teaching these kids how to play the game because I think that's a lost piece. I don't think they're taught how to play the game. I think they're taught the fundamentals, you know, launch angle and velocity training and all this other stuff that's going on. And, you know, the game was better, in my opinion. The game overall played-wise was better. I think the athletes are bigger, stronger, faster today. Uh, the science of the game is taking that over. But, you know, as far as how the game was executed, when the, when that first pitch was thrown, you had nine guys on the field that knew exactly what to do and exactly where to be. Um, and that's a big piece. So we've lost that because we've, we've just annihilated rec baseball. Um, we've taken, you know, the better players out of that scenario because, you know, there was always better players than us. We just, you know, we tried to be as good as them. But when you start taking the better players out of – you know, the developmental pieces, the developmental stages of this game, you uh, you hurt the game overall. Um, you know, you look at the uh, the Latino player, man. I mean, they live and die in this in this development process and they are, you know, they are they are climbing the ranks in a, in a, in uh, in Major League Baseball. And rightfully so, where, you know, we do not take the time to teach players how the game is supposed to be played, where to be on the field, a double cut, a pickoff, a rundown, um, you know, executing a bunt, you know, just, you know, throwing a ball to second base when you don't have to try and throw somebody out at home because you're up by X amount of runs and that run doesn't matter. I mean, there's just so much to this game. You know, interesting statistic, there's over 12 million scenarios that can take place in a nine-inning game, and it's a game of anticipation. So you're going to spend your time just teaching a kid, the, you know, the proper fundamentals of a swing plane or – you know, you can't, you know, you got to teach them how to compete. Um, 
you know, what to do to succeed. Like the back to your story, Jim, like, you know, here comes Jim Rooney, you know, and you get touted as a freshman and, you know, and again, yeah, I, I had the same kind of uh, acknowledgement from scouts and, and recruiters as you did, but you know, like I got to figure out how to compete against this guy. It's not, it's not a matter of like, Hey, if I get my front foot down and I fire on my hips and I get on playing that, you know, I'm going to have success. No way, man, this guy's dirty. So I got to be able to adjust and, uh, and those and those pieces are gone. Those pieces are it's you know, and that's why we you know we see more Latino players coming into the uh, into the mix because you know they are built on development all the way through until the time they sign. It's interesting that you bring up the Latin players because we've discussed um, where when you take this structured environment where, where kids are starting at four years old to play t-ball. Uh, and always being in structured and being told what to do and um, overcoached and overanalyzed. Um, young players, our thoughts have been that young players just aren't learning how to play the game, how their body and how their mind plays the game. They're not learning how to make adjustments on how they can physically do it and mentally do it. They're continually doing what uh, an adult coach is telling them what to do. And whereas in the in the world of the Latin ball player, they don't have any of that. They don't have any structure or anything until they possibly get to an academy. Right. And um, you know what, Jim? You know, on top of that, I mean, not to cut you off, I mean, they, they learn instincts, right? Because they don't have that. You know, you go yeah. out, I mean, we played in the street, right? We played against our friends and we developed instincts, man. We figured out how to beat these people. And the game has lost the instinctual player. There's very few guys that have – a feel for the game and you, you know, scouting wise, you can, you can tell that guy that just knows when to push the limit, knows when to hold, you know, you bobble the ball, when not to throw it across the diamond, you know, there's just uh or the, or the middle infielder that can go out with the ball in the gap and play with the, with the game behind his head and know the speed of the runner and the pace of the ball and where he's going to be without having to kind of look around and check it out. So it's, you know, it's a different game. It's a different game. We played the game. Now these guys, they, you know, they show up and it's, you know, it's velo and it's bombs and RBIs over batting average. And, you know, I mean, the game, that's why I like watching the playoffs now and not the regular season because the playoffs is back to small ball. It's a game that we grew up with, Jim. We saw, we saw guys hitting and running. We saw bunts. We saw stolen bases. You know, all that stuff during the regular season is just statistic building for dollars. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So um, with our understanding that uh, in many places uh, there's a lack of, of proper player development with the youth baseball and everybody's becoming so an analytically performance orientated so that they can show well in front of you know, scouts or coaches or get on a uh, national travel team and so forth. Um, recently, you're, you're starting to uh, apply yourself in a, in, in a new endeavor. Uh, Pro Stock Royals Academy. Can you give us a little background and uh, where do you think it's headed? So you know, if, if you know, you if if you're in business, you're always your eyes are always open and you're looking around to see what everybody else is doing or where the trend is going because everything always evolves into something else. Nothing in this game, like we're talking about the the big league game, it changes along the way, and you have to you have to be ready to reinvent yourself and. Uh, and this is this is the academy side where we will be a full time uh, academy, which means we will take players in starting in September this year. Uh, they'll work out from eight in the morning to about twelve twelve thirty in the afternoon, four days a week. 
We will play games in the fall against uh, other organizations and JUCOs. And then uh, in the spring, we'll run basically our full high school season. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll compete against other academies, private schools. But we are developmental based and we will have high level coaches. Um, we will train these kids how the game's played. Advocacy will be involved in terms of the recruiting processes for them. So every kid will get on that platform uh, and have the attention of uh, our staff, which is Todd Friedman and, and Chris McKnight and myself. And uh, we will, you know, we will get these guys ready for the next level. We'll start um, only, we'll only do high school players, meaning freshmen up. And uh, we will have a, a JV team and we will have a varsity team, which are the academy clubs. And then we'll have a middle school team, which is kind of the same thing we would do in the alternative program. Uh, just kids can go to their school and they don't have a middle school program or there's just, um, you know, I mean, we know the coaching level at middle school. It's, it's a bunch of dads trying to do the right thing for the right reasons. Just don't come with the knowledge. And it's kind of a kind of a hamstrung situation, middle school baseball. But that's that's our goal. It's called Pro Stock Pro Stock uh, Royals Baseball Academy. Uh, we'll be in the same genre as a, as a Pro Five, uh, a GDP, which is the group out of Virginia, um, A3 down in Florida. Uh, P27 down in Columbia, and uh, we'll jump into uh, you know into that arena where we have the serious player that is looking to advance and has the skill set to do it, um, and they'll get more attention through you know this process and playing out of high school because we'll have you know a, a stronger group of players involved. Now, w- with this concept, um, with the high school player, will they then be playing solely for the academy team or also their high school team? No, they won't play for the high school team. It'll be solely for the academy team. And then in the summer or in the fall, they can go play for their showcase team. They want to go play for somebody else. They have the weekends to go do what they want to do. And, uh, um, but you know, we won't, we won't run, we won't run in the summer. We'll let them go home and, you know, and, and, and do what they want to do, play for whoever they want to play. We're going to be downsizing after this year, the CBC teams, um, you know, that, that, that we've run that road for 18 years. And, uh, you know, again, I, I deal with, I don't know, just less character people in, in that, in that environment than I, than I choose to do, you know, in terms of people just, there's a lot of people out there that do this for their identity, their own identity and not the uh, assistance of the player. That makes sense. So, you know, they got to go poach players or make promises that aren't true and, and uh, and grab grab athletes that just make their organization look better. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some there's some great people out there. I mean, we can go down a list of good people involved um, in the travel showcase world. But you know, the majority is you know people doing it for the for the benefit of their kids and doing it for the benefit. And I say their kids, their own kids, their blood, um, and then doing it for the benefit of you know their egos and uh, you know trying to be something that uh, that they're not. The majority of people out there do not help the athlete become a better baseball player. Now we can sit here and we can we can go down a list of people that do because there are those guys out there. So I'm not saying it's overall, but um, you know it's just not it's, it's it's not a healthy environment for a kid that's trying to move forward. Right. Um, one one of the things that we deal with on a regular basis is trying to help people filter out and find the people that are there to help uh, the young player. And not necessarily, as you stated, uh, 
to help their own identity, which is uh, very well put. Jim, so you, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, we're not in the same building. You know, we, we, we talk often and we try to do, you know, what we can do together. But, if, you know, somebody tells me and they're not in my organization, they say they're working with Jim Rooney. I'm like, dude, you are in the best place you could possibly be. You are in a really good spot with somebody like that. And then they'll give me the name of somebody else and I'll go like, hmm, really? You know, okay, gotcha. You know, so, I mean, coaches are vetted by other coaches as well. And there are coaches out there that are jealous of, you know, listen, we got former major league guys in our facility, but that doesn't mean anything's, you know, we're the best. It just happens to be that we love this game and we've studied this game. And, you know, we know, um, you know, we know what it takes to get to the next level. Um, I'm not sitting here going, hey, because we're, you know, former major league guys, you need to be here. You go what's comfortable for you. You go what's comfortable for your family and, um, you know, and kick the tires. And, you know, I listen, we got people that leave, you know, for reasons, you know, that it, it kind of blows us away. But, you know, they think uh, a uniform is going to get the player the attention. And it's it's just not. It's just not. Now, there's, you know, there's big brands out there that if you're on the national team, then heck yeah, man. Go do it. I may not be able to provide that opportunity for you. Uh, Caden Glob, a perfect example, freshman that was a closer for Catawba Ridge. And, you know, Caden's a dude, man. He committed to Carolina. Well, he wants to go play on the bigger stages and get to these bigger events, you know, which is only a handful of kids out there. And, you know, I can't provide that for you. So, you know, absolutely go do it, you know. But when you can provide something for somebody and they think it's – and you know you're providing it for somebody – whether it's through UDACF or whether it's through just, uh, you know, being around our coaching staff and you think that, you know, some guy, some used car salesman gave you an opportunity to, uh, to switch over and put this uniform on. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't bring back if that, you know, like you're gone, you're gone. You know, you go figure it out. You chose that path. Jeff, I got a question for you. We, uh, we've talked about it in, in private. I think when I had Tanner up working with you, my uh, youngest son, you know, we, we have three, three former uh, athletes, three former coaches or current coaches, and um, three people that have been involved with, with different games at high levels. So we can kind of see the difference a little bit more easily than the average parent. We've got, we have, you know, tens of thousands of parents in the audience that don't have that expertise. Sure. How, and this is the million-dollar question. How do they tell the difference? What are some key indicators that, that, that you can maybe point out to them where they can tell the difference between – a Jeff Schaefer, a Jim Rooney, and I see it all the time here, uh, the solicitation of kids, the the uh, stealing of kids, and, and you hit it right in the head. I put exactly in the notes the, the adults that are doing it for their identity as opposed to helping a kid. How do they tell the difference? You know, you, you, you got to go look at the track record, right? And you got to ask these people, like how many of them, you know, you have all these big brands, right? And you have hundreds and hundreds of teams. And you're going to walk over there and you got to ask the guy that's at the point, that's at the top, and say, how many – names of all these kids that you have in your organization do you really know and it'll be minimal it'll only be the team that they're coaching um you know that's one and then you know look into the effort that's put forward i've i've done this you know we talk about advocacy now for a for a business um i have done this you know for 18 years for you know just part of my organization and help players outside of my organization that came to me looking for help um and uh you know, so that's, you know, you, I mean, look at, look at the person. I mean, and find out, you know, are, are, you know, are they involved? Are they not afraid to uh, take a hit to their bottom line because that, that kid needs a chance or, um, you know, what's their network? You know, can they, you know, can they make a phone call and have that coach answer the phone or get back to them in a short period of time? 
or is it just somebody else that's just kind of, you know, yeah, I can call this guy, but you're going to get nowhere with it. So there's no, there's no cookie cutter to it, but you gotta, it's, it's like buying a car or, or a house, right? You gotta go, you gotta go shop around. You can't let some guy get on the phone and just give you some song and dance and tell you, I did this and I did that, you know, go, go find the proof. We, I ask, and Jim, Jim's probably laughing. I, I always ask one selfish question per show. We, we go through that too. We, we run a similar business for basketball, uh, with our one-on-one group and we, we've started expanding it to baseball, um, where we help kids with scholarships with basketball. And we've done 700 kids just about in the last four years, full rides, division two, II, division one. And we've, we've helped out some division threes and we go through it day to day where we're, I just shake my head looking at some of these, uh, people that are involved with these kids who have no credibility whatsoever yeah. by mm-hmm. just the blind eye. And it's, uh, it's baffling to me. So I asked that partially for our audience, but partially for me, cause I'm dumbfounded on a daily basis. Well, listen, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, again, I'm not, I am, I am bitter about it because it does affect the kid, you know, and people, well, you know, why you get so pissed off about it? Because you know what? It, it, we're not doing this for us. We're not, we love the game. You know, you know, if, if you ask Rooney, if he could put that uniform on and go back again, he's going to do it. You know, I would do it in a heartbeat, you know, and, uh, you know, and I want, I, I said, I wish, I wish I could put in a bottle, um, what it felt like to go to the big leagues the first day or what it felt like to be drafted. You know, Jim's a first rounder, man. I mean, you know, and if you could share that with people, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling because there's passion to what we do and the passion doesn't end with you. The passion has to, it has to transition out and you want those kids to experience the things that, uh, you know, that we've experienced. I mean, this game is, is given me everything. And I, and I talk about everything to this day, you know, it's given me everything. Um, and I'm an idiot or I'm a fool if, uh, if I don't try to do what's right for this game and the kids that are coming up behind us. And, um, so I do, I get pissed off. I mean, I do, I, you know, people move around and they do stupid things and they think they know better. And, you know, not that I know everything, but, you know, I got a pretty good feel for what, you know, how this thing is supposed to operate. And, uh, you know, so I do, I, I get, I get pissed off, but then you have the one, you know, that the one group that just, they've been with you since they're 10 years old. You know, and, uh, you know, there's, 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 there's an understanding of, you know, this is the right place for me. It's the right thing to do. Uh, opportunity will be there. And the other part of it is we genuinely care about the kids. I mean, I can go through my, my staff and, in and, and Sue Wilson and Andrew Zyke and John Ennis and, you know, uh, Tim Kirk. And, you know, I mean, I can, I can list all these guys, John DeZumba. I mean, there's a sincerity in how we feel about these kids and how we feel about this game. It's not about, listen, my jersey's on the wall. I'm done, right? I, I, I accomplished what I needed to accomplish as a player. Now what I need to accomplish as uh, a guy in the position that I'm in is to do the right thing for these kids in, 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 in the game. And when somebody doesn't, yeah, I have, I have very little patience and I will get, I will get a, you know, verbally aggressive, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. I can appreciate that. And just for our, our audience knows me well, they know my background and, and know uh, what we do with kids on, on, I can count on one hand that the, the, the men and the voices that I allow around my kids, because I trust them. And two of them are on this podcast today with Jim and Jeff. So just so our audience knows anything that they're doing f- from a baseball standpoint, from a life standpoint, from an academic standpoint, 
full endorsement by me and by this this uh, podcast network because you're talking to two of the finest baseball men that you're ever going to be around and two guys that actually care. So well, for those that can't tell the difference between these two, I'm giving you my difference right now. Well, you know what, Dave, again, as and, and, and to your boys, Jim and Jeff, like, you know, you have to have a selfish piece to you right then and there to, to be successful. And Rooney will tell you that too. But there comes a point where, you know, you get what you're supposed to get as a player out of this game, and then you better figure out how to make sure that this game continues and be a good steward for it. And and I don't have patience for those that don't. Yeah, we're with you on that. Jim, we've kept Jeff for almost an hour here. What, what yeah. final questions you have for him? Well, I, I think just uh, to add on to what both of you have stated, um, you know, it's tough to filter it out. It's it's tough for, for parents and uh, young players to, uh, you know, end up in the right spot. Um, I think the deciding factor is, and it's still difficult, is that uh, you have to deal with people who are there because they have your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. They're there to help you. That's... Uh, whether you want to call it servant leadership or anything like that, it's, it's more about they're not there because of rings or, or championships or anything. Those, those are all performance type things that are a result of being in the right place. Um, and yet we do know that on a day-to-day basis, it's difficult to figure that out nowadays because of, uh, it's on overload. Um, it just reminds me of a, a conversation I had with, uh, general manager Doug Melvin over 20 something years ago when I said one of the things that's going to hurt baseball in the long run is that they allowed amateur baseball and the development process in baseball to be privatized so now it's a money-making operation Uh, we see that similar in in our education system as far as uh, you know college degrees nowadays and bachelor's degrees in different schools it's a money-making operation and the second that the money takes over then you're talking about greed and all the other things that plague other aspects of our society. So in closing, I want to thank Shafe for uh, being involved with us today. Um, I'll, I'll give you one last story. I've trained a couple of kids, young guys, uh, and they didn't end up necessarily in good situations with their schools or their travel teams. And they've gone up to play for uh, – whether it be CBC and the homeschool program and stuff that Jeff uh, oversees with his coaches. And uh, they've had nothing but positive experiences. Uh, And they're there and they're learning. And the thing that the parents have uh, come back to me with is that it's not a situation where all of a sudden we get a whole bunch of contradictory uh, opinions like, well, uh, Coach Jim said this and the other guy said this, or it's never been a situation where uh, a coach that works uh, in Jeff's programs have said, uh, don't listen to this guy, but listen to this guy. No, you got to do it my way or anything like that. And yet a majority of the people I work with, they're experiencing that, um, you know, in their school systems or their travel teams. And, and that's the negative experiences that they've uh, that they've had. So, uh, in that regards, uh, I want to wish Jeff, um, great luck in, in the new endeavor, especially with the pro stock Royals Academy. I want to thank him for being, uh, with us for our audience. Um, if you're in the Charlotte Metro area, 
and you need help in any of those things, uh, especially with the newfound uh, recruiting process, Jeff Schaefer is the man to speak with. Really, I appreciate that, Dave. You guys are good friends, and thanks for having me on. And uh, look forward to doing this again. Hopefully, I can have you guys on our podcast, the Schaefer Baseball Report, at some point because we have a lot of fun, just like you guys do. We uh, we throw things on the wall, and and we go from there. And um, when I've talked to Dave and I've talked to you, I I, I appreciate the passion. Um, it's a big part of it. Appreciate the uh, the friendship and the loyalty, and uh, good luck with uh, the, the continued growth of uh, of this platform. Oh, we appreciate it. Now, what, what can we support yours, Jeff? I know you mentioned the podcast. We've talked a little bit about uh, the, uh, the endeavors you're in. How can our audience find you? Um, so you can, you know, I'm not afraid to give out my cell phone number, but, you know, uh, you know, USA Baseball is, is a big path to us, the Southeast NTIS and the Northeast NTIS. Um, phone numbers and everything are on there. Uh, we will be launching um, uh, the Pro Stock um, you know, pretty soon, just kind of getting information out there and gathering um, uh, people that, you know, put in requests for a conversation to find out more about it. I'll let you know about that. CBCBaseball.net. We can, you can find my phone number and everything on there. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just, uh, you know, we're excited of the direction. Um, again, with, uh, we are, we are getting more into the uh, areas that, um, I've envisioned years and years and years ago, we built the complex here in Charlotte, took CG dream fields, which is, I pinch myself every time I go there. Um, just because it was a, it was a dream of having a complex and here we did, we built it, um, all through nonprofit. Um, so yeah, you can find me in many different areas and just Google it and I'll, I'll pop up and don't be afraid to call me or send me a text. Um, and, uh, better to send me a text so I can understand who's, who's reaching out. So thanks for asking that, Dave. Yeah, no worries. And Rooney, remind everybody how our audience can reach you. Well, Rooney Baseball on Facebook and then also RooneyBaseball.com. Um, you can send me a message through a website or a message through uh, Facebook, either way. Um, and uh, just want to thank the audience for uh, being a part of this today and look forward to talk to everybody uh, next week. Sounds good. A great, great interview. And hold on with us for a second, Jeff, as we close okay. out. Just want to thank our audience too. 60,000 subscribers, grassroots MLB front offices listening to the show. 74 countries now we're listening to. So we only do it in English. They've got to translate it on their own. We're not that, <laughs> that sophisticated yet. But thanks for your support. Make sure you give Jim five stars, write some great comments so we can battle the analytics of the podcast world just like we do in baseball. Um, iHeartRadio, we appreciate you taking a shot on us. Uh, audience, make sure we just don't get a cup of coffee in the bigs here. We stay up there for a while, so keep pumping us to them. To our sponsor, Blackout Coffee, Be Awake Not Woke, 20% at checkout. If you use David, all capital letters, followed by the number 20, 20% off on however much you want to purchase, great stocking stuffer, and 15% uh, off in perpetuity. We will be expanding that relationship this Friday to all of our podcast hosts, so be even bigger next week for you. And Ted Kubiak, our, our probably our most faithful listener, three-time world champion mm -hmm. for the Oakland A's. We talked about great gloves, uh, one of the best. Buy his book for Christmas, Old School. It's a great stocking stuffer for your baseball lover. It's got a nice manual that comes along with it. Uh, separate purchase, but it's a great, uh, great along with it. That's how to feel the baseball. And he will be coming out with his children's book in the new year. So, guys, thanks so much for the show. We appreciate you. Cool, let
Yeah. 